0: The beauty of old-school aesthetics based on rationality and its meaning as a force for social unification is easy enough to appreciate. Even an atheist can walk into the Sistine Chapel and appreciate its beauty without being religious. An entire society can appreciate and be unified by the beauty of a Hagia Sophia, or a Notre Dame Cathedral. The beauty of rationality is as universal as is, as is the beauty of numbers in mathematics even when it is just intuitive. In many ways, it is better when it is intuitive instead of explained rationality. This seems to be the reason why many art critics argue modern architecture is not an art anymore, but simply glorified engineering. That modern art critics do not consider engineering to be an art when it creates structures goes to show the bias and prejudice of new school aesthetics, though it claims to be open-minded. Old-school aesthetics of the ancients and of the medieval world would consider engineering and even science when using numbers to create as much an art as painting or music, because it all involves the rational beauty of mathematical and logical creations. This old-school view is now limited to engineers, scientists, and mathematicians who deal with numbers and see their beauty in their particular creations. New School Aesthetics has broken away from considering the beauty of rationality as beauty, at least for now. Again, do not forget that New School Aesthetics is only about 200 years old, a newborn infant in the world of philosophy. It still has much to work out and learn and to struggle with understanding. The beauty of irrationality is much more difficult to express and to understand. Mathematicians have done it with irrational numbers and other irrationalities, but this is a problem with which new school aesthetics, in terms of particular artistic creations, is continuing to deal with, both as a problem in itself and as a problem creating a struggle between it and old school aesthetics. This is a true philosophical problem, especially when added to the loss of art and beauty being a unifying social construct force as was true of old-school aesthetics. So on one end of the ongoing aesthetic struggle, we get works such as Picasso's Granaca, his anti-war abstract painting based on the Spanish Revolution. Old-school art trying to be anti-war usually never works because there is always an element of rationality in them. And the readers or viewers of this uh, art who give meaning to its language of the art, always grasp or grab onto this rationality, and thus old school art, even when trying to express irrational subjects such as war, seems to fail to convey the arbitrary and random irrationality it is trying to express, such as that of war. In this Picasso, the rationality of geometric forms is rationally placed in such irrational order that the arbitrary and random irrationality of war cannot be avoided. There's no other options. In this abstract painting of Granerka, new school aesthetics achieves the rational beauty that mathematicians have achieved with irrational numbers. This is true of much of Picasso's uh, early abstract work. So it is possible to express irrationality and ugliness as beauty, and Picasso was truly both an old-school and new-school artist aesthetically when he wanted to be. Another example is Maltese in his old age when he reduced complex images down to basic one-line drawings in the true simplicity of logic. These works were beautiful art both by old old and new-school aesthetic standards. However, at the other end of the spectrum, we have Andy Warhol and much of pop art. Again, I do not mean to ridicule Mr. Warhol or even pop art in itself. Any working class kid from Pittsburgh that can get rich people to pay him millions of dollars for signing a soup can is a genius artist as far as I'm concerned and more power to him. He created individual artistic creations that created individual beauty for a select few. As I will contemplate in the next episode, both aesthetics and art are language Games, language word games, and thus are used and are useful to solve problems in our will to power. Ultimately, that is the ultimate meaning of all language and thus of all art and aesthetics to solve problems in our will to power. There is a great sense of power in this beauty in knowing that one has enough money and this power to pay a million dollars for a soap can and to know that one is a member of a select few. They will transfer this one million dollar soap can around to eventually pay even more money for it. The beauty is not really in the soap can, but in the one million dollars spent on it. Putting one million dollars on the table and taking a video burning it would be just as beautiful as paying a million dollars for a soap can on the table. The former work of art, however, of burning a million dollars or videoing the the burning of a million dollars would be too obvious. Of an ostentatious display of power, risking arousing envy and rebe- rebellion among the ho- hoi polloi. What Warhol brilliantly did, brilliantly did, was give the powers that be an ability to flout their wealth, power, and exclusiveness, without flouting their wealth, power, and exclusiveness, exclusiveness, by calling their burning of money, as doing or being art that only they could appreciate. Another example of the other end of the spectrum would be artists such as Janet Eichelman, who makes a very good living handing colored nets between buildings. She presented one of her works in my city a short time ago, consisting of a colored net stretched between two downtown buildings at great expense to either a foundation or the, or the government. There was a big opening when art critics and connoisseurs of the art stood underneath and looked at the colored net while talking to each other about how artistic and creative this work of art was. Critics praised it as an artistic representation of the beauty of sails in the wind. Problem is that the net was hanging about 200 feet from where there was the beauty of real sails blowing in a real wind in the harbor. Problem with the latter beauty is that, it was, that its appreciation was not restricted to a select few nor was it made by one of their own. Instead, the sails and the boats was made by some hoi polloi working in a dirty machine shop somewhere, and therefore, according to New School Aesthetics, is not art. Again, remember, New School Aesthetics is an infant and is still in struggle and trying to work out many struggles. Artists such as Picasso, when they wanted, did create beauty that was both rational and irrational, a significant achievement equivalent to anything accomplished by mathematics. But at the same time, even in Picasso's middle and later years, he was willing to make garbage and sign his name to it solely for the money rich people were willing to pay him for his name. Yet according to New School Aesthetics, all of it is still art and beautiful, supposedly. How this dialectical struggle will play out and resolve itself as New School Aesthetics continues its historical movement and contemplation of its struggles is unknown to present. The important thing to understand is to treat the language of aesthetics in the same way any other language word game is treated and is contemplated in the podcast episodes dealing with language. I will summarize this in the next episode.